Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. Good evening, everyone. So glad you're here. So glad I'm here. So glad for those of you who have taken the time to travel and be with us. And um, we appreciate it. So grateful that those that are watching us by live stream, we're glad to have you with us and uh, release your faith with us. And I'm just going to ask you, uh, believe with me tonight for right words. <laughs> Not just words, right words that bring heaven to earth, that, that speak of what's in the Father's plan for these meetings. Amen. Because you get, you get certain things moving in you and you've got to uh, rein in <laughs> so that you just don't go, Mrah! because the word sometimes is so thrilling, you just want to go, <laughs> you just want to eat it all, grab it all, take it all, right? Hallelujah. So turn with me, if you would, to Psalms chapter 8. Psalms chapter 8, verse 4, I so appreciate the leading of the Lord because really we're picking up where we left off last year and how, how strategic that is for us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, I want to read something to you that Dad Hagen wrote. He said, we as a church have authority on the earth that we've never yet realized. Authority that we're not using. A few of us have barely gotten to the edge of that authority. But before Jesus comes again, there's going to be a whole company of believers who will rise up with the authority that is theirs. They will know what is theirs and they will do the work that God intended that they should do. How about us be that, that company? Amen. Not just the people in this room, but those who are watching, those who love what God is doing in this hour are sensitive to it, are paying attention to it. And uh, we say we're going to move with what God has. I, I, it's interesting to me, this last phrase that Dad Hagen spoke when he, there's two things. He says, um, there's a company of believers who will rise up with the authority that is theirs. Number one, they will know what is theirs. You got to know it. Amen. And number two, they will do the work that God intended that they should do. Uh, God intends so much more for us than we ever planned. Amen. And so we intend to do what he intended. Amen. So Psalm chapter eight and verse four reads, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. And that word there in the Hebrew is Elohim and it's God. It's not the word for angels. It's the word for God. So uh, God has made man a little lower than himself. And you say, well, that's just almost too much to take. Well, then go back and read Genesis chapter 1. Because he created man in his own image. He didn't create us in the image of angels. He created us in his own image. When he wanted to create man, he looked to himself for the, for the source, for the blueprint. 
So God has made man a little lower than himself. He crowned man with glory and honor. God made man to have dominion over the works of, of God's hands. And God has put all things under man's feet. Amen. Those words ought to be thrilling. That we learn that when things come up, we say, uh, where do you belong? You're under my feet. I'm talking about opposing things, opposing things that we put them and hold them where he put them. We agree with their placement under our feet. Amen. So being created in God's image, his intent and his uh, work in us put us in a dominating position. Amen. Uh, Either dominate or be dominated. (laughs) Amen. So we must be true to who we are because that dominion fits us. And we're not talking about your personality. We're talking about our position in Christ. Amen. We were made to dominate. We are not made to be dominated by anything contrary to the flow of God. Amen. Hallelujah. It's, in our, it's part of our inheritance in Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, Then looking at Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, talking about Adam and Eve after they had partaken of the fruit that God told them not to partake of. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, and it reads, And they heard the voice of the Lord God while He was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. This wasn't the first time. This was an ongoing fellowship that they enjoyed. And it says, And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So God had given Adam this dominion and uh, he didn't intend to simply give him rulership of the earth and then just walk off and leave it to Adam to bump his way around trying to figure out how this flows, how it works. But that's why God would come down and spend this time of fellowship with him. He designed mankind to be in union with his plan. Amen. That man would subdue, replenish, be in dominion uh, based on the mind of God. Based on the wisdom of God. Based on the plan of God. So God came down after he'd given him dominion. He came and visited with them to impart so that they would be skillful in that dominion. Why? So that they what would be on earth would be a replica of what's in heaven. That it be done on earth. God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To have God's will on the earth, we have to know his mind. We have to have His wisdom. We need the revelation that the Spirit gives. And so when Adam and Eve sinned, they lost that place of dominion. They lost it. And uh, Satan began to dominate them. And Satan has been dominating. And then God had a great plan. Even before Adam and Eve missed it, God already had a plan. And that was to get His man back. Amen. So he got his man back by sending, uh, by sending his son. And uh, 
we are restored back to that place of dominion. I love what my husband used to say. And he said this, he said, uh, man lost his saying and God, Jesus got it back for us. What's he saying? The dominion, the authority that our words speak and address and change things. Amen. Hallelujah. So we were saying this on the two previous nights, but I think it's important that we keep saying it so we drive it into us that Jesus was the first of a new race of man. He was the first one. And it was a race to be born of the Spirit of God in the image of God, a race that would once again reign in life as kings with the power and the dominion that man was created in. You know, people will say, and you've heard it said, and I don't mean it in a critical sense, but I mean it to think of it differently. People will say, when you're faced with something, a challenge and opposition, read the back of the book, we win. I say, read, read Genesis 1, we win. Yeah. Read the front of the book. You don't have to even go all the way to the back of the book. We are created in His image. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus lived this life uh, on this earth as an example, a perfect example of how this new race of man was to function with that dominion, with that authority. He was an example of what our life can look like. Amen. He demonstrated what God wants to do through us. It's not appropriate that we dismiss ourselves from the flow that God uh, included us in. Well, God could never do me that. God could never use me that way. I can't. I just can't see myself doing that. Don't dismiss yourself from what God included you in. Amen. And Jesus made us righteous with his own righteousness, not an earned righteousness, but a free gift of righteousness. That's who we are. I said, that's who we are. When we know and realize who we are, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ, what that does, that enables us to stand bold in our dominion. That's why the enemy is constantly, he's, he's called the accuser of the brethren because that is revealing of his strategies to accuse the brethren. Why? So that people step back from a sense of righteousness. Why? So they'll lay down their dominion and won't dominate him. He wants them sin conscious. He wants them under condemnation. He wants them living under a cloud of the past. Why? Because if he can constantly accuse them of where they've missed it, they will not walk in their dominion as they ought. Meaning he will try to dominate instead of be mastered by us. Jesus, Jesus made us Satan's master. And we have to stand in our righteousness so that we will be bold in our dominion. You cannot be bold. We cannot be bold in our dominion unless we are established in the inside of us. We are righteous. We are righteous. Not because we've done everything right, but because Jesus did everything right. 
And I love something Pastor Lachetic said. I said it, I believe, on Sunday night that he made this statement. He said, one of the greatest acts of faith you can take is that after you've missed God and repented, stand back up on your righteousness as though you never missed it. Why? Because that's what the blood did for us. It makes it as though we never missed it. When condemnation comes, you have to answer based on your righteousness. Not based on your, your past. Not based on where you missed it. We must build in us. Build in us. God made us righteous, but we have to build that truth on the inside of us through meditation, through talking it. Amen. Through casting down imaginations through answering things that would challenge our rightness with God. Amen. When the devil accuses us of how we miss God, we have to remember no, no human, no being in creation ever missed God like him. No one failed God like Satan failed God. No one. And he has no redeemer. And we do. And when we miss it, and the devil tries to hold you back from your, your momentum of faith, your progress in spiritual things, and he tries to hold you back and points to where you missed it, say, all that shows is that I qualify for a Savior. And Satan does not qualify. Amen. Don't, don't take your counsel from such a failure as him. Don't have your conversations with someone who failed God. Failed. He failed everything of God's plan. Failed it. The, the reason we have a Redeemer and he doesn't because, you know, there have been doctrines in past generations that have talked about everybody's going to be saved, even including the devil. The only problem is this with that. Well, it's not scriptural. And to be scriptural, you know what you need? Scripture. Man missed it because man was tempted. Man sinned because man was, temp man was tempted. Satan wasn't tempted. He chose. He was not tempted to sin. He chose. Amen. <laughs> That's why we obtained mercy, because we were tempted. But the tempted are redeemed from temptation. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, we are righteous. We are in right standing with God. That's what, we, what belongs to us in Christ. But the dominion that belongs to that righteousness. See, you have to occupy your righteousness. I'm talking about you have to establish that in you so that you will express the dominion that is yours. Dominion belongs to righteousness. 
Get that. Be dominion belongs to righteousness. Satan's not righteous. Dominion doesn't belong to him. Dominion belongs to righteousness. The, the more we're established in us that we are right with God. God's not mad at me. I love Pastor, Pastor Craig Field put up a billboard in his city and said, God is not mad at you. Because that's what the devil is banking on. You thinking that you have failed God, disappointed God. He's so upset with you that you draw back instead of running toward him when you miss it. And he got phone calls from the community displeased that he's telling people that God's not mad at them. How dare you tell people that God is not displeased with them? <laughs> That's called not being established in their righteousness. God's not mad at you. And the devil, the accuser of the brethren, always paints God as angry at you because of what you've done. But the Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the dominion that belongs to our position of righteousness must be accompanied with something for it to work right. To flow effectively, and that's communing with the Father. Communion with God. Fellowship with God. That's what we saw happening in the garden. When God gave Adam and Eve that dominion, He gave, him himself, he gave them Himself in fellowship so that they could express that dominion in line with His, with his plan, His wisdom, His purpose. Because he gave them the dominion to fulfill his plan. Amen. So we must have communion and fellowship with the one who gave us, gifted us this position of righteousness. So that we can walk accurately and skillfully. It's, thank God we have that position of righteousness. But like I said, dominion belongs to righteousness, but it's going to take having his, yes. his mind in these things. And it flows through the word and it flows through fellowship. Amen. And we, we looked at last night, and I, just for those who might not have been watching last night, I, I want to state uh, how scripturally we were looking at a certain passage and I won't read through the whole thing, but Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration. He came down. There was a man who came up to him and he said, uh, I need you to minister to my son. He said, I brought him to your disciples. They could not cast the devil out of him. They could not. And so Jesus said, bring him to me. Jesus dealt with it, walked in his dominion, walked in his authority. The boy was set free from that devil Afterwards, and when they were alone together, the disciples asked him and said to him privately, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto him, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. He's talking about a place of communion with the Father. Prayer and fasting is a flow of our fellowship with God. 
We don't do those to earn dominion. We don't do those things to earn righteousness, but in our place of communion, we learn what dominion will accomplish and how to walk in that dominion and exercise that dominion skillfully. So although Jesus had given his disciples the power to cast out devils, to heal the sick, their lack of communion with God made them ineffective in their dominion. They hadn't gone far enough in their fellowship with God to be, to be skillful, skillful with our dominion. We have the dominion. Now it's our privilege to grow in skill with that dominion, to become masterful with that dominion that masters that which opposes God. Amen. So when we read that passage, when Jesus dealt with that demon and that boy, we see how vital Jesus's communion was with the father because he said, the reason I could do it and you can't or could not or did not. Let let me say it correctly. They could have, but they didn't because there was something lacking in their position of righteousness was the fellowship that gives the wisdom, that brings the skill. So what we see how, uh, what we see how, we see how vital Jesus' communion with his father was by looking at the results he got and the effectiveness of carrying out the plan of God. Righteousness. We have been made righteous. It's a free gift. But being made righteous is no substitute for fellowship. Amen. If you'll take time with me tonight, we want, I want to look at some further passages that show what Jesus' communion looked like with the Father. Because we have Him to express the flows of His communion. Why? So that we can move into that flow. The way He did it is the way we do it. We need to pay attention to His communion. You know, you, you, you read, we read passages. It doesn't spell out certain things. Uh, there's a few passages when it talks about that Jesus would get up a good while before daybreak. He would go be with the Father. There were times after He had ministered to multitudes, He would go to a place of prayer and spend the, the night in fellowship with the Father. It talks about those times, but it doesn't spell out what went on. So Jesus reveals it through things He said of what went on in those times of communion. And that's what I want us to look at tonight. John chapter 5. And I'm going to read out of the Amplified Classic Translation. So if you have access to that, you may want to pull that up. John chapter 5. What are we talking about in this? We're reminding ourselves who we are in Him. And what, because of who we are in Him, what can be done? John chapter 5, verse 19, the Amplified Classic says, So Jesus answered them by saying, 
I assure you most solemnly, I tell you. Listen, now we're seeing, don't just hear a sermon. Hear communion in this. The son is able to do nothing of himself. Of his own accord. For he is able to do only what he sees the father doing. When did he see the Father doing? In times of fellowship with the Father. He's looking. Father, how do you do this? How would you want this carried out? It's not enough to know something needs to be done. The skill is, the mastery is in how it's done. I know this in... in, I've administrated our, our ministry for years, but even now, in, uh, since Ed's homegoing, it's not just about, I know where to do this, I know where to do that, I know there's arms of ministry God has, but it's how this is accomplished. Uh, immaturity just wants it. Maturity says, how is this fulfilled? Ambition just is reaching and grabbing for all it can get. But fellowship with God is dependent upon His knowledge of how this is fulfilled. Because how it's fulfilled determines its longevity. We want longevity of ministry, longevity of the vision that God's put in us. Passing it on to the next generation so it matters how. It matters how, not just matter that it's done. <laughs> my, my son, Stephen, um, is our oldest son. Then Grant is our youngest son. You've seen Grant around here, the singer. But I, I love the diversity in my sons because Stephen can build anything and Grant can create anything. You know, it's just nice to have the diversity. And Stephen and I, thankfully... It was comical to watch Stephen and his daddy uh, because um, Ed was a get-it-done guy. You, you've seen the, fa- I don't know if you've seen the t-shirts out there that, of Ed's quote, faith will do whatever it takes. And Ed was always ready to do whatever it takes. <laughs> if that meant dragging everybody with him, he was ready. <laughs> and uh, he wanted everything done yesterday. Today was too late. If it wasn't done by bedtime, we were behind. And that was just his pace. That was his momentum, that visionary in him. I mean, he was just, he had it clear what to do. And um, my, uh, just, I'll just tell a little bit of this. My mom and my dad were a comedy team together. Mother was the perfect straight man to daddy. Daddy was quick, he was witty, and mother didn't get it. And so he just played off of her. All the time, she'd get it like, oh, oh, like that night. I I see what he meant by that. It's like, mother, it's past, the moment's past, you know. And it was just so fun and entertaining to watch my parents interact together because dad was a get it done guy slam a jamma get it done my mother was the detail eye 
So daddy would, they, they, they bought a historical home that was built in 1907. It was a lovely home, but they had to update some things. And so daddy, there was nothing he couldn't do and nothing he couldn't figure out. If he didn't know how to do it, he'd find out how to do it. And uh, he would get it done, and mother didn't know that he was going to do it. Like, he'd buy cars, and mother didn't know it till he drove up in the car. <laughs> he bought the house. We were at my sister had a basketball game. We were driving back in town from the basketball game. We saw Daddy on the edge of town. He stopped us, flagged us down, and says, Carolina just bought a house. <laughs> she said, which house? He said, that old historical house, you know, Kenneth. I remember the air leaving her body <laughs> because it needed to be brought current. I know she was secretly thrilled, but the, the realization. So it was always fun to watch them work it out. And so daddy was always ready to work on stuff. And sometimes he would, she would come in from something and he's built part of the cabinetry in the kitchen. And she didn't even get to chime in. Wow. He's just done it. <laughs> so this was fun. And mother would walk in and she would, Kenneth, that joint doesn't meet. He said, Carolyn, caulk it. <laughs> I heard that my whole life. Caulk it. Fill it in. Mother said, build it right. And they would just bounce back and forth. It was just fun. We, we, I, I threatened. I said, on Daddy's tombstone, we should just put, well, just caulk it. That fills all gaps. My mother would walk in and visiting, she'd come out to visit us, and she would walk in. I don't know if she recognized that this is visible, mother, what you're doing. I don't know if she thought she was doing it sly and like us not noticing, but she would walk in and she would see a windowsill and she'd go, run her hand across it. She wanted to see, is it smooth or not? Is it rough or not? Because she's a detail person. And she'd go, mm. That's not very smooth. <laughs> the details mattered to her. I got that from her, and I'm so grateful. The good thing is, Ed was the slam a jam guy like my, like my daddy, but Stephen got the detail eye. But he got the skill of building like my daddy. So we work good together. We work real good together. Because it's not enough to me that it gets done. It's how it gets done. How. I don't want to see, I don't want to see a gap at the joint. I don't want to see it. And I can see it. I don't want to see paint not completely even. I don't want to feel bumps under my fingers on the woodwork. You say, oh, I'm going to go home and feel my woodwork. I'm not saying that so that you'll do that. <laughs> I'm not going to come to your house and judge you. But I am going to judge my son. 
it matters that we not just have something and completed a project, but we did it, carried it out the right way. It's not, it, thank God for dominion, but it has to be handled the right way so that people are edified instead of hacked at. Because <laughs> if we're not careful, we'll end up charging at the wrong thing with our dominion <laughs> and start injuring people. Um, it's kind of like the matador. I'm so glad we don't have that in this country. You know, it's a little bit, ah, I've never seen that before. Uh, I can't, you know, really, those things are hard to me to watch people that grow up with it, you know, whatever. They're maybe used to it. But I do know a little bit about the matador. He holds this red, bold color to get the bull's attention. And um, that bull just sees that flash and just charges at it. And when he charges at it, the matador drives a sword into the shoulder or somewhere of that animal, right? And what he thought he was removing the problem when he was stepping into the problem. And it's like you want to tell the bull, scoot over three feet. Quit hitting the cloth, hit the dude holding the cloth. Right? But the devil holds the cloth of people. Circumstances. Holds it out there. Why? So that you take your words and you start charging the wrong thing when it's just move over, move over. Get your, vo get your focus off the people. Move over the dude holding up what isn't the problem because the devil wants you charging the wrong thing because even though you have dominion, if you're handling it wrong, it's of no effect except a damaging effect. Right? So it matters how. It matters how. In this passage in John chapter 5, we see that Jesus is concerned about the hows. Not H-O-U-S-E, but the H-O-W-S, the hows of things. He says, the son is able to do nothing of himself. How did he know that? By being with the father. <laughs> he learned that. Jesus was not born into the earth knowing everything he knew as, that he knew at his exit. He had to come in. He had to be trained. He had to be taught. He had to be a student of the word. He had to find himself in the word. And in no doubt when he's reading in Isaiah, Father, who are you talking about as a, as a lamb brought before the slaughter? Who are you talking about? That's you, son. He had to find himself in the word. You're going to find yourself not at your job, in your job, not in your possessions. You're going to find yourself in the word. Amen. The righteousness of God with the dominion of God. Because only righteousness will handle dominion accurately. 
if they will allow themselves to be schooled and taught. Amen. So the son is able to do nothing of himself. How that speaks of such abandonment to God. Right? We, we see communion here. His fellowship with his father. He didn't just say that the first time in the public's hearing. He said it to the father, no doubt. I can do nothing except of you. And that relieves you of all the pressure. One of the things that I go back to time and time again when I think about Dad Hagen, I listened to him on one occasion. He said, um, I would come out to the camp meetings. And that's when, I don't know how many would there have been in, in that auditorium in, in the Tulsa Convention Center, 10 to 12,000 people. He said, I would come out and see all the people because I remember in the early 80s when I got saved and went to those, I couldn't even find a seat in the convention center. You couldn't even find a seat. And uh, he says, I would walk out and I'd go, he said, I'd think to myself, well, what are all these people here for? You know what I saw? I saw someone who wore their place lightly. They didn't walk out feeling the responsibility of all those people because he knew I can do nothing of myself. How did Jesus face what he faced without being burdened. The word tells us in Hebrews chapter 1, he, it says he was, Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness above his brethren. No one was as joyful as Jesus was. Born to die and joyful. Why? Because he wore it lightly. Why? It's not him carrying everything out. It's the Father doing it. Where did he learn that? In fellowship, in communing with his father. So it says here, the son is able to do nothing of himself, of his own accord, but he is able to do only what he sees the father doing. So once he settles that, then it's not about going out and doing any kind of performing. It's just taking time to see. It's taking time to see. For whatever the Father does is what the Son does, look at this, in the same way, in His turn. So the Father takes a turn of showing and Jesus takes a turn of walking out what the Father showed. Don't get out of turn. Don't try to walk out what you haven't seen yet. This speaks of communion. Verse 20, listen to these words. The Father dearly loves the Son. <laughs> Those are fellowship words. Those aren't just sermon words. He's revealing His times of communion with His Father. Uh, you ever heard Jesse Duplantis preach? You know what he says? Jesus, Jesus sure does love Jesse. He says it all the time. Jesus loves Jesse. He got that from Jesus. The Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. With, with our authority, talk about the love for the one who gave you that authority. 
the father dearly loves the son. It is, it is appropriate and it is a renewed mind that says the father dearly loves me. You can't build the true sense of righteousness in you without with having a taint of God's upset with me, God's disappointed in me, God's displeased with me. That's all from the accuser of the brethren. God's never told you he's displeased with you. Amen. The father dearly loves the son. Make that part of your daily confession. The father dearly loves me. He dearly, dearly loves me. Verse 20, the father dearly loves the son and discloses to, shows him everything that he himself does. This is a love exchange. What Jesus was, saw, was seeing wasn't just because he needed to see it. It's because he loved. There was a love. Jesus loved the people the same way the Father loved the people. The way to be moved into a flow of the miraculous is don't love the miracles. Love the people the miracles are for. It's about the people. It's about the people. It's not about the demonstration. It's about the people that need the demonstration. And he will disclose to him, let him see greater things yet than these, so that you may marvel and be full of wonder and astonishment. This does not just speak of ministry time. This speaks of intimacy. Amen. John chapter 7. Are you still with me? John chapter 7. In verse 16. If we pay attention to statements that Jesus makes, they, they pull back the curtain on what isn't obviously recorded. John chapter 7, verse 16, Jesus answered them by saying, My teaching is not my own, but his who sent me. What do we see about Jesus' mindset and approach? He was not there to be heard. He was not there to get his opinion across. He was not there in a show of ambition. Amen. He wasn't out trying to build his own reputation, teaching his own opinions. And you know he had his own thoughts on matters. Just as a a man. He was a man. And he had his own thoughts towards something, but he was not using the voice God gave him to air and give voice to his opinions. The voice God gave him was for God's words. That doesn't mean he didn't sit at the dinner table and have just a friendly, nice human exchange with people. Like he never opened his mouth unless God said something. No, he's talking about the voice to speak into people. It was words that came from God. He did not use that voice to promote his ideas. Pastors, be careful. It's the, the voice God gives us is so he can be heard, yes. not so we can be heard. Amen. 
So he says, my teaching is not my own, but his who sent me. So we know this. Jesus was not motivated by human ambition. He was only wanted to bring to the people what the Father had to say to them. Amen. He gave them heaven's words. When it says, my teaching is not my own, so what he's teaching didn't come from him, it came from heaven. It's heaven's words that change people. It's heaven's words that make a difference in people. It's heaven's words that take people from one place to another place. Heaven's words translate people. Heaven's words in our mouths. Amen. Jesus, I receive you as Savior, translates us. Heaven's words in our mouth. Amen. It's only heaven's words that can produce heaven in the life of a man. We're to live days of heaven on earth. So we have to hear heaven's words. Amen. And this is what Jesus gave us. Words, man's intellect cannot produce heaven's flow. It's God's mind, God's wisdom, God's thoughts. Words can only take you to the place where they came from. Now listen to that. Words can only take you to the place where they came from. Meaning this, if they came from heaven, they can replicate heaven in you. If they came from the intellect of man, they'll only land in your head. But words that come from heaven land, words that come of the spirit, land in the spirit, in your spirit. Because words can only take you to the place where they came from. Amen. John chapter 8, verse 26. Just flip over a page or so in your Bible. John chapter 8, verse 26. Jesus is speaking. He says, I have much to say about you and to judge and and condemn, but he who sent me is true, reliable. And I tell the world only the things that I have heard from him. He's talking about fellowship, his communion, what he's hearing, what's transpiring in this time of fellowship. He's hearing. He's listening. John chapter 8, verse 28. Look just two verses down. I do nothing of myself, of my own accord or on my own authority. But I say exactly what my Father has taught me. Listen. Jesus knew the Father so well that he knew what the Father would say and do in every situation. Now get that. He knew exactly what the, what the Father would say and do into that situation. He could answer and act on God's behalf because Jesus knew him. With our dominion, we, we operate on God's behalf in the earth. Amen. Jesus was again demonstrating to man the kind of fellowship that we're offered. This wasn't just, this isn't just for us to admire about Jesus. He was an example 
of what our communion and fellowship is to be hearing, divine transactions. Amen. That we become one with the Father in purpose and thought and action just as Jesus was. Amen. What works did Jesus do? The works he saw his Father do. What words did he say? The words he heard his Father say. So if we're going to do what Jesus did, we have to see and hear. We have to see and hear. And we must be in close communion with the one our dominion flows from, who gave us that dominion. The one who gave the authority is to direct the authority. God did not give us the authority for us to direct it. He gave us. This is heaven's authority. This came from heaven. Amen. To bring heaven to earth. So he did not give us authority so that we could direct it. He gave it to us and us to commune with him so he could direct it through us. Don't form a plan, hear a plan. Don't build a ministry. Pray it out. Hear it. Then walk it out. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. We do not earn more authority by praying. He said to Adam, I give you dominion. Adam hadn't prayed yet. In fact, he didn't even have his body yet when God said that. He was speaking to his spirit. It wasn't until verses later that God created his body. He was still a spirit being. The authority is given to your spirit. It's a spirit flow. And then he gave him his body to walk out that dominion assigned to him. So we don't earn more authority by praying. But as we pray and spend time in fellowship with God, we become more sensitive to what He says and to what He shows. Amen. And then by following what we see and hear, we get the results. So our results should increase as our fellowship increases. And if our results are not increasing, are we, incre- are we growing in our communion with Him? My husband and I, when we got married, we had a unique story. So I'm just telling all you single people this. Do not try to go out and replicate this. This is exception. It is not the rule. And there is a rule to every, ex- there's an exception to every rule. In that sense, so don't get rutted, but don't get weird. (laughs) Living in the exceptions could make you unsound. (laughs) But Ed and I were introduced, and five weeks later, we were married from the day we were introduced. We did not even start communicating until two weeks after we were introduced. So we were only in communication for three weeks of the five weeks, and he was in Europe for nine days of the three weeks. 
So from the time I met him to the time I married him, I'd seen him about six times. It's called the exception, not the rule. But it's also called hearing. When you hear, there's no risk. But you can hear and not stay with the plan. Adam and Eve were put in the right place by God. God himself placed them there. They did not have to travel to find that place. God placed them there. They were in the right place and did the wrong thing in the right place and had to be removed from the right place. So you can hear, but you have to stay with what you hear and do the right thing with what you hear. So God put Ed and I together, but I could have done, Ed could have done the wrong thing in that right union and made it less than what God planned. But that's why it's a blessing to always marry someone who is, and I'm talking to the young unmarried people, marry someone who's interested in renewing their minds. Because if they're only interested in attending every once in a while, you may get someone saved, but highly carnal. And you don't know, just like in a time of COVID, you don't want carnal. You want faith. (laughs) You want faith. And uh, so my husband and I, he had already been in the ministry over 15 years at the time we married. And um, so you can understand, when I married him, I could not spell his last name. Have you seen that? We get all kinds of spellings, and the pronunciations are real entertaining. So I went from when I married him, could not spell his name, but before he went home to be with the Lord after 30 years of communion, intimacy, hearing, seeing one another, I knew what he would do before the event ever occurred. Because communion with someone puts you in a place of knowing. Amen. This is what our fellowship with God should grow. The, the, the knowledge of moving together in our marriage grew as we knew each other better. There was less explaining that had to happen because you caught, you just caught it. You just caught some things. Amen. And our fellowship with God should be growing. And as it grows, there will be the fruit to show. There will be a greater production of fruit that comes from our dominion, the exercise of our dominion and authority because we know him better. We know how he would have us handle things. I've learned this. I call it connect the dots. That's how, for me, I explain it to me. For example, I'll, over time, over years of ministry, I would sense a certain anointing come on me and I'd go, I don't know what that one is. I don't know what I'm to do with that. That's, 
that seems different than something else I've ever experienced before. And the Spirit would say, do this with it. He expects me to listen. Catalog it. And the next time I sense that, I may not hear the exact same instruction of what to do with it because he expected me to hear him. And once he said it, primarily it's applicable over and over and over. I call it connecting the dots. That, oh, I, the next time I sensed that anointing, oh, I remember six months ago I sensed it and he told me to do this with it. So unless he tells me differently, this is what I'm going to do. Amen. That's how things can become so intimate. They don't have to repeat themselves with someone you're intimate. You don't have to say the same thing over and over because they were interested enough to listen the first time and remember it. You know, as anybody in leadership, if you own a company or if you're the head of a ministry, it can be tiring to have to explain something, overly explain it before they get it. Yes, yes, we need to be fair in our explanation of things. But there's some people, you just have to halfway say, they say, I got it, I know what you're talking about. There's an intimacy of understanding. And that can be the way we are with the Father. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are you helped tonight? Stand with me to your feet. Father, we thank you. (laughs) It is a thrilling life. that you have given us one with the Father, moving with the Father. Thank you that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. That's who we are. That's not who we're trying to be. That's who we are. And we thank you. We build that in us. We build that truth in us. We agree with it inwardly. And we bring our thinking, we bring our speaking, we bring our conversation in line with who we are in you. We thank you, we are in Christ. How many of you say, I look better in Christ? I look better in Him than outside of Him. You like you better in Him than outside of Him. So you are authorized to hold your focus and attention on who you are in Him. And in fact, your dominion will not flow as freely and as effectively until you do keep your focus on who you are in Him. A a poor self-image comes from being focused on you outside of Him. Just shift the focus, who you are in Him. In fact, you can go to our website, deframeministries.org, and we have typed up every in Him verse for you to just download it. I believe it's in the Amplified Translation. And you can download it. Feed on those. Dad Hagen used to tell us all the time, if you will build in you who you are in Christ, feed on those scriptures. He said it will seem as though you're born again again. They will bring you into such a place of awareness. It will so thrill your spirit. That's spirit food. That's food for your spirit. Amen. 
and it brings him into view. And when you bring him into view, all possibilities are in view. Because there's nothing impossible in his view. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you. We glorify you. We magnify you. Jesus, <laughs> the price you paid, we honor it. We're so grateful to belong to you. We're so grateful. We are so grateful. So, so grateful to call you Savior. We're so, so grateful. Thank you for making us one with the Father. We thank you. And Holy Spirit, we look to you and we open up our spirits to even receive greater light of that and what all is connected to that and what all that means to us, but what that means to heaven to have righteous-minded people in the earth. That means a lot to heaven because heaven has a plan for this earth. And we are the body that that plan is carried out through. So we thank you. We magnify you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just lift up your hands. Lift up your voice and let's worship the Lord tonight. Lift up your own voice and worship Him. Stir up on the inside of you the knowing. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Let's sing something, if you would. with Jesus I'm seated with him authority and dominion restored once again ruling and reigning as kings in this life Restored once again, ruling and reigning as kings in this life, raised up and seated with Christ. I'm risen, I'm risen with Jesus, seated with Him. Authority and dominion restored once again. Ruling and reigning as kings in this life. Raised up and seated with Christ. We glorify you. Miracle worker, we glorify you. 
You are great, and you do miracles so great. You are great, you do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. You are, you, you are great. You do miracles, so great. There is no one else. There's no one else like you. There is. You are great. You are. You do miracles, so great. There's no one. There's no one else like you, Lord. There is no one else like you. There's no one else like you. There's no one else like you. There's no one else like you, Lord. We glorify you. We magnify you. We glorify, we magnify. Just lift up your hands and let's just worship him in the spirit. How many of you know that God has more than one, if we could say this, avenue or method of meeting the needs of His people? Amen. And if we're not careful, we become rutted in what we're familiar with or what we prefer. And uh, we want to move with Him in all His diversity. The Holy Spirit is diverse. Amen? Um, and we don't want to limit Him by saying we only cooperate with certain things. If it flows from the Spirit, we're all in. If it's in line with the Word, comes from the Spirit. We're all in. Amen? Last night you saw a little bit of it. We saw that when God had Pastor Michael just ministering to people, and people would say, and then God added another dimension, so to speak, to that anointing on him, to where God said, extend your hand, and people say, well, I've never seen things like that. Well, listen, Hollywood's not going to up God. Not only that, it talks about when Jesus, after he was, uh, 
he was raised from the dead and he appeared for 40 days, remember? Among those. And uh, he was received away out of their sight. But it says he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. The, uh, I believe it's, I don't know if it's the Amplified or another translation said he invoked a blessing on them. Amen. That was, that was one flow. And how many times had they ever seen anyone going up in a cloud? How many times, you think? They'd seen anyone going up in a cloud, lift up their hands and invoke a blessing as they leave. Well, I haven't seen that. I'm not going to cooperate with that. <laughs> oh, no, we all in. <laughs> we all in. Right? And I love that God does things we've never seen. People say, well, there's got to be Bible precedents for it. The Bible is full of things never seen. There's your precedents. <laughs> the Bible is full of first times. And Dad Hagen said this by the Spirit. He said, in this last day revival, there are going to be manifestations that have never been seen by man before. And though there will be some who reject it because there is no Bible precedence for it. But I say this, the precedence we have is the Bible is full of first times. So there's the precedence for first times. Amen. The word, but it will bear witness with your spirit. I said it will bear witness with your spirit. So for us to benefit, we need to be skillful at not just the flows we're accustomed to, but anything that we recognize as the, as the Spirit and in line with the Word. Amen? <clears throat> My husband would make this statement, and in fact, that thing grew in me so much that it became a book. And uh, God added to it. But my husband made this statement that was the opener for this. And he said, the reason more people don't receive more in a service is because they don't respond more. Meaning this, we measure the receiving by our response. And I don't know about you, I don't want somebody getting more than me. Bear got come here, Bear. Let's 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 let him see Bear. This is my middle grandchild, and he get he came last year to this place, and he got to come this year. And this boy got to where did you get to go? What was it Saturday? What day was it? Where did you get to go? Do you remember? Say it. Football game. What football game? A uh, Buffalo Bills one. Buffalo Bills one. Was it a good time? Yes, ma'am. Had you ever been there before? Did you get all in? Oh! How old are you? Nine. You're nine? Oh, a nine year old can get all in? You were so all in, what happened? Do you remember? You know what I'm referring to? You were dancing, and what happened when you danced? You got on the big screen. All right. You got on the big screen. 
That's the big show, baby. That's the big show. Remember how Dad Hagen would bring out that scripture that in times to come, God's going to, ages to come, God's going to put on a show. We're getting on the big screen. Yeah. <laughs> Bear had never been in one, but he got there and responded. He didn't say, Mama, you got to prove to me three things of why I should jump in on this. Amen. He just saw he was at a happy place, a good place, and he started responding. And people will say, well, Pastor Nancy, you know, I'm just not very demonstrative. We're not talking about your flesh. Now, when your spirit, we're not talking about your personality. Amen that uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, where, what part of the being is your mouth in? It's in the flesh. So the flesh will start picking up, the body will start picking up the thrill, the fullness of what's going on in the spirit. And it'll start expressing through this physical body what's going on in the spirit. So there again, it's not about personality. It's about what's going on in our hearts. What are we drawing on? And Bear did not just go there and be a, be a boring spectator. Brother, I saw a video. That boy, he would work in every angle. Amen. So I say, this, I say it to this. I don't want someone to not receive what they need just on the basis of one thing, just not responding. Amen. Faith is a response. It's a response. Amen. And uh, God is going to have many, a variety of ways to meet people's needs just simply because and it's all Bible-based but simply because he so desires that no one be left out. That no one walk out without receiving what they need. Amen? So let's just not, let's not respond just based on what's comfortable. Let's respond based on what's offered. Listen, you know how to respond to what's offered even though it's not comfortable. When your pants are too tight. I'm not talking about you specifically. I'm saying generally. Your pants are too tight and they come out and it's not comfortable. You're sitting there and you can't wait to get home and get something off. But you go and they bring out Three different desserts that are all your favorite. And you will violate what's uncomfortable to take what's offered. Right? So we know just naturally speaking what that looks like. We will put ourselves at greater discomfort. Right? Because we like what's offered. (laughs) 
Praise the Lord. Uh, so I'm going to minister. God has had us to minister in different ways. You can leave that right there, I think. Yes, thank you guys. Y'all are Johnny on the spot. Thank you for doing what you were told to do. Um, because we have such a greater harvest. This last day harvest greater than any other harvest. And so there's further reaching ways that God will manifest. And he wants us to be willing to operate in those ways so that uh, greater results with less effort. Greater results with less effort. You think about this, uh, you think about prior centuries for a traveling minister, great effort to get somewhere. Today, we just turn on a TV. We just flip on a switch and you're all over the world with less effort. It's amazing, right? And God, God knows how to keep up. No technology is going to surpass what he does. That greater results with less effort. And so he's invited us and not invited us, instructed us to minister certain ways that we could have everyone line up. And we, we intend on Thursday night to lay hands on the sick because that is a valid way of ministry. But there are other ways that God is get, uh, giving us the opportunity to become skillful in because we can reach more people with less physical effort. Amen. And we do this because the Spirit directs it, not because we think this is a good idea. But it's what God has said. I was in Pastor Jay Eberly's church there in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and God said to me, He said, "You're going to start. I want you're going to start having the operation of uh, waves of healing moving through the congregation." And He reminded me that my husband, with that tangible anointing that was so strong upon his life, he would just reach out his hands and bless the people and four to five rows back they'd just flatten out and Ed would say I've only ever been able to push that anointing about four to five rows back he said if it's going to reach the back he had to go back there and God reminded me of that and he said these healing ways will go all the way to the back go all the way to the back and he said, and it won't just be like the typical natural wave that you see a wave coming. If you're on the, on the shore and you see the wave coming and once you stand in it and that wave passes you, it's gone. Another wave will come. God said, my waves will just stay and work with people. Out, because he says, I so long, I so long that they receive that that power will just stay and continue to just flow and circle around, circle around, giving them the opportunity, helping them helping them to receive what's in that wave. Amen. But once we know, He expects us to respond. Amen. And so I don't care where you're sitting. This, this reaches you. But it still depends on response. It still depends on we respond by faith. We still release the faith in our heart. Amen. Amen. So if you need healing, if you need, and, and these are healing ways, but I tell you what, it'll just bless you. Yes. <laughs> Amen. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to obey God and minister it the way he says to minister it, but then you have a part to play. 
you have a receiving to do. Amen. And you can't receive it with your mind. And this isn't the time really that I want you praying in, the t- in tongues because I don't want you giving out. I want you taking in. It's right to speak in tongues, but not when it's time to receive. You need to receive in, not be putting out. Amen. And so just as a sign, Father, we're open. Raise your hands to heaven. And if you have a physical need, especially, be specific of what are you expecting that power to do for you. What are you inviting that power to work in you? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So you receive it with your spirit. Amen. Father, I thank you. I thank you so much for the greatness of your power. We thank you, Father, that healing is a flow of your love. We receive of that healing power. We speak for those that are in this place. Every sickness, every disease from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. You be whole in Jesus' name. And I speak, receive that power in in Jesus' name. Receive it. Receive that power. Receive it. We thank you for it, Father. I say, receive that power in in Jesus' name. Receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank you for it, Jesus. We thank you for it, Jesus. We thank you for it. We glorify you. We magnify you. We glorify. We magnify. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you, Father. Just right where you're at. Just say, thank you that it's mine. Thank you that I'm whole. Right now, from the top of my head, To the soles of my feet. It's so good to be whole. It's so good. It's so good. Hallelujah. Jesus, thank you. Tell him. Open your mouth and tell him. Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're such a wonderful healer. Hallelujah. And I speak to those of you who are watching by live stream, whether you're watching this on YouTube, whatever platform you're watching it on, right where you're at, just raise your hands right where you're at. It doesn't matter whether you're watching this live or watching it recorded. The power of God is not limited to a calendar or a clock. It's faith that that invites the power of God in. So I say to you that are watching, reach your hands out. And you receive of this same flow of healing power. I say be healed in Jesus' name from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Hallelujah. And right where you're at, say, I take it. 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 And I thank you that I'm whole. I thank you that I'm whole. I thank you that I'm whole. Remember what the Word says. It says, let the poor say what? Let the weak say what? I am strong. Amen. So it's right for us to say, I am whole. You say, Pastor Nancy, you don't know the kind of condition I've had. It's right for you to say, I am whole. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Hallelujah. We glorify you. We glorify you. We magnify you. Now, right where you're at, whether you're in this building or whether you're at home, give action to that part of your body that received what God has for you. Amen. Maybe it's your shoulder that was limited. Move it. It's your back. Move it around. It doesn't matter. Just move around. Don't be embarrassed. I mean, move it around. Amen. Lift, it, lift your knee up. Stomp down on your foot. Do something you could not do before. Not because we're checking, did it work? We're giving action to that anointing. Hallelujah. 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 We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Hallelujah. Now, if you say, Pastor Nancy, I can already tell a difference. Sometimes people, it just begins. And sometimes they receive it instantly. It doesn't really matter. The, the thing is, is we're in faith, we receive. And that power is working. But if you say, I can already tell a difference in some measure, and I want you to just raise your hand. Raise your hand real high, real high. Keep it up really. Look, even, look it up in the balcony. All the hands up. The, turn around and look and see how good Jesus is. Look at it. Keep your hands up. Raise your hands. Keep them up if you say, I can already tell a difference in some way in my body. Hallelujah. Isn't Jesus good? Greater results, less effort on our end. <laughs> right? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I tell you, if, were you in the meetings this morning? Were you in the meetings yesterday morning? Oh, you don't want to miss tomorrow morning. Oh, my goodness. I mean, pastors, it would even be a good idea. You can have Brother Joel in absolutely to preach what he preached today. I guess ask him. I don't know if he'll preach it for you again and again and again. I guess he would. But even so, you could take it home and play that video for your congregation. It was so good. It was so good. And it all moves together. Just go ahead and stand back up to your feet. Hallelujah. So you don't want to miss in the morning. I said, you don't want to miss in the morning. Somebody needs, that God is waiting on you to respond. There's somebody in here that you just kind of been standing there waiting for God to do it and he's waiting for you to respond to the offer. Amen. I'm just saying. Listen, I was trying to close the service. So don't try to think I'm just trying to fill the service. I was trying to close it. But God wants you to have it. He wants you to receive it. Amen. Somebody needs to do something. I'm talking about whether it's swing an arm, whether it's jump up and down, it's do something you could not do before. Because in this setting of corporate faith, it'll be easier for you. No use going home and trying to get it on your own when you could just step into the flow of corporate faith. That's part of the blessing of coming together. Hallelujah. No use going home and hurting and having that pain. All right, I'm still awaiting. I'm still awaiting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We agree in Jesus' name. 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That reminded me a little bit of Blind Bartimaeus right there. I, I, uh, I like that sound of faith. Amen. Sister, we hook our faith with you and know we're not coming out of faith. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Brother Joel, go back there. Brother Joel, just go back there. Find her. I heard, wave your hand or, or, or give, give some kind of signal to let him know where you're at so he can come back there. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you. Praise the Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Anybody else in here that's been diagnosed with cancer? Anybody at all? Back there, love? Come up here real quickly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come up real quickly. Brother Joel will minister to you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Wholeness belongs to you. Amen. Right there. Just stand in front of him. Let him minister to you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Now see, people need, to, people need to not get tripped up if something isn't ministered the exact way you're used to. There were times Jesus just walked up and touched somebody. Things would come out. Why? The anointing drives them out. The anointing drives it out. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes people just think it has to be a long prayer or something, but just that just takes a moment for that anointing. The anointing destroys the, the, anointing destroys the yoke. Father, we thank you. We thank you, 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 we thank you. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.